0: Welcome back. I am so excited that you have joined me again in the Aligned Womb Aligned You podcast. I'm Kate Nagai and I am your host and womb guide on this journey. I'm here to help you to lean into the language of your menstrual cycle so that you can align yourself and awaken and activate to your womb wisdom to live the most inspired life. I am so excited to jump into this episode and to dive into today's topic. So let's get started. This week, we have a special guest coming on, and someone who I am really excited to hear her story because when she sent me her bio, I was like, What? Wait a minute. <laughs> let's go back a second here, reread that. So I cannot wait to hear the wisdom that she has to share with us and how she is going to help guide us on how to use the power of our body, our feminine energy to really call in everything that it is that we're deeply desiring in our life and in our work life. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Tanya Visayu. She is the founder and host of the podcast, The Courage to be Happy. Seriously, how exciting is that as a name for a podcast? I can't wait to listen to it. It's her mission to support and teach high achieving women entrepreneurs the mindset tools, and strategies to become financially empowered so that they do not have to depend on others. Since the launch of her business, working part-time, she was able to reach the six-figure revenue by her fourth year with only working 20 hours a week. Tanya has helped hundreds of clients all over the world. She specializes in transforming their mindset from lack to abundance and prosperity so that they feel empowered and confident. Now listen to this, everyone. In her first Money Magic Miracles cohort, she had 28 women who all together manifested over $1.2 million collectively in just eight weeks. Like, hello, I need to know more. I know, that was (laughs) awesome. So, Tanya, welcome. And I cannot wait to hear all about your story How you got here and this work that you're doing and how you're using your body, your cycle, your feminine energy to call it all in.
1: Thank you, Kate, for having me here. And I just wanted to make a pointer with uh, you were saying the Courage to Be Happy podcast for any listeners. That's been our brand up to now. We're in the middle of rebranding. So the podcast, you will find the podcast as the Courage to Be but the brand and the website is still under the courage to be happy. So if you're looking for me and you're like, oh, but there's another Tanya with the courage to be happy or the courage to be, it's all the same Tanya, just so you know, because we're <laughs> in the process of all of this. So thank you, Kate, for for having me. Thank you for sharing this. And yeah, I'm excited to share my journey and my story
0: with, with you and with your listeners. Yes, yes, and can I just say how crazy is rebranding? Like I've rebranded twice oh, yeah. now, and there's a part of my body's like, let's do it again, and I'm like, no, let's not do it, <laughs> not yet, not yet. Yes, I'm in. I'm yes. still
1: in the process of transitioning all the emails. Like I've been. There's so much resistance with that because I have to move the whole team with the, our emails. So my email still at the courage to be happy. And I'm like, oh, I can't. Like, I hear you with the whole rebranding. Like,
0: that's a calling in process, you know. Well, I think for myself, I always want to rebrand when the next level of me gets rebirthed. I used to be sacred spaces yoga, only focused on yoga. And then it was like this whole different shift happened in me where I started teaching about fertility and about the womb space. And then she revival came out. And now like at this next level of me is being birthed in of where I really want to go with my work. And so there's other names kicking around there. I'm like, no, no, not ready to not be yet. there. Like not she yet. revival is still it. So So yes, I think for anyone that's listening that's like rebranding, it really is a part of your personality. It is really what you are hoping and desiring to put out into the world. So I love the courage to be. It's just, yes, that's what you do. The courage to be, which leads me into our first question today, because I know that when I was reading through your stuff, you grew up in Spain, a very Mm -hmm. patriarchal system. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I would love to know... How you got from perhaps how you were raised to now being this empowered woman's coach, teaching and living by your cycle and with divine feminine energy, which I'm guessing probably wasn't your story growing up. No, not at all. Thank you for bringing that up
1: because it just it it brings us into reflection of you know who we are where we've been raised. So yeah, my career started earlier on. It's funny that we're talking about rebranding. I started as an art director in New York New York City. So I worked in advertising for multi-million dollar accounts like Samsung, Nabisco, Starbucks, AT&T. And I would problem solve for all these huge corporations and do their advertising. I was in charge of more of the artistic side of it. But it got to a point where it just corporate didn't feel in alignment with me, even though that provided a a lot of great things in my early twenties, you know, I got to supervise amazing teams and I got to, um, travel all over the world and luxury, you know, like it it was a fun job, but it got to a point where I knew I wanted something different and in a way that's rebranding yourself, you know, whether it's, uh, your own personal business or, or like seeking what's the next level, like you're saying, Kate, so I, I, I ended up uh, moving back to Spain because my husband was also an art director in New York. And so we both quit our jobs and we're like, where should we live? You know, we wanted to learn a little bit about photography and we moved back to Spain where we got married. So I was born and raised in Madrid in the capital, but we moved back to Galicia, which is the Northwestern part. I have, we have a family farmhouse there, you know, 11 generations and, We came back after four years living in Spain and decided, where do we want to live in the States? And we chose Santa Fe, New Mexico, ran the studio for a little bit longer. We offered all kinds of branding, creative services, uh, photography, marketing, and we did it for a while. But here's the thing, when you have a husband and wife uh, team trying to run a business, it has its own challenges. And I'm happy because at one point, my husband said, I don't want to run the studio anymore. I just want to focus on my art. And I thought that was great because it kind of gave me a little bit of breathing space. You know, like, I mean, it's great. He's clear as to what he wants to do. It's great because I felt like a bigger calling and I wanted to run things my way. So I wouldn't have that conflict, you know, of butting heads with him because you have two art directors trying to run a business with no business background, with no, you know, nothing. Like we had no type of business training. So it left me in this space of wanting to understand and what I wanted to do next. So there was a lot of soul searching in that period, you know, of like, who am I? Where did I come from? I consider myself multi-passionate. Like I have every degree in the world that you can imagine relating to self-development you know, self-improvement, like Louise Hay certification, Jack Canfield with success principles, landmark education. I mean, you name them, I've done it, you know, like I have everything, but I also worked as a professional photographer and I also worked as an art director. And so there was all these questions of like, how do I combine everything? Who am I serving? Why am I here? What's my purpose on this planet? And simultaneously, funny enough, I, you know, that we're on this podcast, I had just become a mom. My I had a little baby toddler at that point, 18 months old. And I'm like, what's next for me? I don't know what to do. And I launched the courage to be happy. That's what it was at that time. And that's what felt aligned for me. And I started teaching women about branding. You know, those were my first events that I would do. I'd do these three-day events and they were called a brand new you. Women would come in and they would just transform after three days. We'd talk about branding, but I'd infuse it with a lot of the, my coaching um skills and knowledge and tools. And I started doing great with the business. And within Like you said, four years working 20 hours a week, I was able to achieve that six figure revenue without even being on social media. So it was like a huge accomplishment and, you know, like this milestone of like, yes, I did it. And then COVID hit. So that's a whole other story and and why partly the rebranding and all that stuff. But In that interim, you know, of like soul searching, finding who I was, you know, understanding where I came from, uh, my, even though I was born and raised in Spain, my dad's Spanish, my mom's American. So it's an important distinction just to understand the masculine side of things, you know, coming from my dad, as well as the feminine side that the feminine happens to be my, my mom, that's American. And I started to become very interested in my relationship with money too. You know, I'm like questioning all that, you know, like what's my relationship with money? You know, like how do, why do some women succeed more with their businesses? Others don't. So there was a lot of understanding with that. I also surrounded myself with a lot of mentors and teachers and the money space and the abundance space, you know, prosperity and trying to understand why, you know, I was capable of manifesting amazing things or why my business was taking off or why other people's business wasn't, you know, like what were the blocks? So I started teaching money mindset. That's why that program that you talked about, about money, magic miracles, that's my new signature program. We've been running it for like a year and a half now. And we've had, I think, almost a hundred people run through it already with the different cohorts. But I feel like it's so integrated, you know, like the money, our beliefs, uh, patriarchy, you know, like there was so much that was uncovered for me, you know, so I grew up in Spain at the end of uh, Franco's dictatorship. So we didn't transition into more of a democracy until the 1980s, even though Franco passed in 75 but there's still a lot of stuff that we're carrying, you know, of just that patriarchal, that dictatorship, you know, everything's meant for men. Add another layer to that. My dad's seven brothers and one sister and the sister's the youngest one. You know, my grandmother kept on trying to have babies for the girl and the girl came after the eighth time, the eighth try. So there's, an added component of that patriarchy and so when i was analyzing this whole idea of like money and you know what are my limiting beliefs and understanding all these things a lot was tied with my upbringing you know like a lot of these limiting beliefs were passed down to me through ancestry through my dad's side uh then through my mom's side you have my grandparents that lived through the depression which i'm sure a lot of americans can relate through this so Once you start doing that work and understanding it, you start healing and you can kind of break through it. So I don't go around, you know, like I'm thankful for the time of history that I was born and raised and what that we're living in right now. I don't like going around as women because we're still, there's still a lot of work to be done for women. You know, like even though the women's movement's been around, you know, for all these years, There's still a lot of women oppressed all around the globe. There's still a lot of limiting beliefs that we have as women, you know, um, that have been passed down to us that we're still trying to break through, you know, because we either haven't had an opportunity to heal from it and to understand it, or we're in the process of it. You know, it's funny that we're talking about rebranding, too. Uh, there's no coincidences that that happened that way Kate because I'm in a face right now with the launch of my podcast of a new purpose and a new cause that's come out from me of supporting women and this has all to do with patriarchy and my upbringing and 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 giving freedom and voice to all of us that have been oppressed women men you know minorities you know, LGBT community, you know, like it's, it's for all of us uh, because we can all relate at that level. But since I, since the launch of my podcast this year, I have this huge calling of closing the gender gap in the podcasting world and starting this movement where we give voices to women in the podcasting world. It's more women podcasters, whether it's more women guesting on podcasts or women that want to start a podcast. Cause the statistics are still 70% of the most listened podcasts are by men Our podcast hosts are men or less. There's more men listeners than women. There's more uh, guests that are men than women. So the, the cost keeps, even though there's rebranding and new ideas, like you're saying, there's this thread, you know, of like fighting for our freedom and, for freedom of expression, honestly, you know, like it went with the money aspect of it. And I'm still teaching these things, uh, helping women with their business. uh, But now it's like helping women's voices be heard through the podcasting world. So any of you that are listening to this podcast, men or women, I'm guessing that the majority are women, but if, you know, like keep on listening to more podcasts, keep on listening to Kate's podcast. Uh, Maybe you have a message that you want to put out into the world and you've been fearing it or you don't you have a fear of visibility or you don't know how to do it. Just keep on doing it, because by you listening to more women's podcasts uh, out there, you're supporting more women. You're supporting the collective. If you happen to be a man listening to this, support the women in your life. You know, like that's where I feel the gift of patriarchy and the time that I was born and raised has given me. And then the the flip side to that is also the gift of my mom being American, because I'm able to live in this country, you know, and, and I have dual citizenship. I have American nationality. So I really truly feel that this was what I, this is my purpose. The fact that I had a, a Spanish dad, you know, patriarchy, you know, the culture, and then an American mom that injects the feminine side and allowing things to unfold instead of pushing and pushing so hard with things um, has just been very interesting. And it's still unraveling, you know, as we're going. So I don't know if that answers exactly, Kate, but I just wanted to give you a little bit of uh,
0: perspectives from all of the different sides. Yeah. And you know, for anybody who's listening to, I think sometimes there's this, this uncomfortableness of using the word patriarchy because it feels like we're attacking men. Like I think still mm-hmm. as a part of us as women, we're like, well, we don't want to rock the boat. We don't, we don't want to disrupt the relationships. Yeah, But it's important to know that when we use the word patriarchy, patriarchy isn't male bashing. Patriarchy is a system that was built on power and having uh, a laid out plan of how power needs to land in the people's hands. So historically, it was like kings and royalty, then it was the church, and then it was the men. Men were the next in line, right? And women were right, right at the bottom. Like women weren't valued as a source of wisdom, knowledge. Like, well, we were before the patriarchy became a part of the system. We wiped out this seeing what value women bring. And I think this is where it's so important for us to know the difference is that we all have masculine and feminine energy within us. The patriarchy is based on a system that only really allows for masculine energy, but not divine masculine energy is the way I like to call it. When we are in both divine feminine or masculine energy, we're living in a place of the highest potential for the qualities of that energy. Right. And what we're seeing with the patriarchy is that we've created a damaged masculine. <laughs> we've created the sense of power of fighting of, um, successes only through knowledge. Feminine is about wisdom. And I, I heard this so beautifully put by, I think his name is Richard Rood. If I'm, If I'm remembering correctly here, he's the one that designed the gene keys, but he said wisdom is feminine at its finest because wisdom is the knowing in the not knowing (laughs) where knowledge is that we've taken wisdom, we've applied it, we've tested it, we've proved it. And then it becomes knowledge, which is what we really see in a lot of businesses and medicine and which are really rooted patriarchal systems, (laughs) right? Right. Before medicine was female, it was woman, it was midwives, it was healers. And now it's like there's no value unless there's science behind it, which is what deflates feminine nature and feminine culture. And so when we talk about, or when you were talking about, like growing up in Spain and having this patriarchal system. And having your dad have seven brothers, right? What we're seeing is saying, because you have this body part, because you are defined as this gender, you hold the power in the family. You get to make the rules, you get to make the decisions. And it's the system that gave that power. It, it seemed that there couldn't be equality. Yeah. And it's beautiful that you're sharing that, like, part of your exploration has been going back into that environment, (laughs) experiencing it again, coming back into a different environment, which I want to argue that the North America is still very much rooted in patriarchal thought, right? But I think that we have more more women rising and more powerful women that are like, "Uh uh-uh, this stops now. And it's putting the voice back in of the feminine, right? So they're doing some of the work to rewrite our new history that's about to happen. And so when we talked, and it's so funny that rebranding came up because this has really now been like the thread that's weaving this conversation. I know. Who would I have known? Everything happens for a reason. But when I think of rebranding, and when I said like every time a part of me grows, I want to rebrand. And it's because every time a part of me heals, I want someone to see me differently, right? And I do that through how people identify with me. Right. And so I think what you said is totally aligned that, you know, you grew up in this way and then you've had to come to this point where you had to go, okay, this is my past. This is where I want my future to be. Now, what do I need to heal to understand how I can become me? Right. Does that kind of align? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And there's two things that I wanted to point out, because you said it so beautifully, you know, like the, the the definition of how patriarchy has evolved. And one thing that jumped out for me when you were saying like knowledge is more based on science versus wisdom. And I think it's important to add to this distinction, or at least how I see it, I feel like knowledge is out there. And that's what's been valued. And patriarchy has, we've just been, we've valued Uh, masculine qualities a lot more. And so knowledge is out there. Wisdom is within. And I think that's a big distinction to understand because that can scare men sometimes, you know, like where men or or women, or you could use it to your advantage too, because like you're saying, it's not a man or woman. Thing we all carry that masculine and energy, masculine and feminine energy within us. It's just we've, as a society, given more value to the qualities and the masculine uh, energy productivity, power, comp- competitiveness, structure, doing systems, push, go, do. And we need that. You can't not live a life without having those things. But the feminine, which is more the wisdom versus the knowledge that would, for me, qualifies more into the masculine energy, you know, the feminine is more receptive, you know, we were made with vaginas to receive, you know, the seed, you know, inside of us. So it's receiving, it's intuition, it's uh, wisdom, it's um, nurturing, creativity, and, when we can start rising and valuing that part as a society as a group as a person as an individual and saying oh my god that side of me as is as valuable and sometimes even more than the other one like you want to have them in balance you know you don't want to just sit back and be like oh i'm going to manifest but i'm not going to do anything and i'm not going to take action you need a little bit of both and it's really important to see Where you fall, where is your identity? Because I'll tie in another story with what you're saying with patriarchy, seven brothers. You know, uh, when my sister was born, I'm the older of two. And when she was born, they thought they were convinced she was going to be a boy. I was only two and a half years old, but I could already perceive at this age. And this is when we create our belief system, you know, from ages zero to seven before our consciousness, our rational side of the brain gets formed. So she's born, they even had a name for her, which was Sergio, and suddenly it's a girl. And I must have perceived the disappointment in my dad, you know, like, damn, I have two girls, you know, like, this must not be girl, like, and whatever way a two and a half year old, three year old can make meaning of this. So from that age on, I wanted to be a boy. And because I understood that boys had it better, that boys had it easier and that I would receive the love from my dad, you know, like, so that at least he'd be happy. Like I could make him happy and please him. You know, like if I pretend to be a boy, then everything will be nice and calm. And if I'm a boy, it, life is going to be easier for me. I'll get the things that others don't have. So I, from age two and a half to like my teenage years. I didn't wear a single dress. I would cry if they'd make me wear a dress to a birthday party. I did not play with Barbies. I cried actually at my 12th birthday. My mom gave her, gave me a Barbie, a vintage Barbie that she had from like the fifties. And I cried. Now I'm like, Oh my God, give me the Barbie back. That's the value of that Barbie. (laughs) Yeah. I made it very clear that I did not want to, I did not want to be identified as a girl because there was going to be disadvantages for me. And that's been a whole other detanglement in itself and just honoring the feminine side of me and that I'm a woman and that I'm a proud of being a woman, you know, and connecting to that feminine side of me. So it's very interesting because then also you have the flip side to that, that i feel that men in our society that are more connected to their female and their feminine energy are looked upon negatively you know like the artists the musicians the um that have a certain sensibility that can connect to that intuitive side to that feminine energy to creation um uh, to birthing things you know whether it's a piece of music or an art piece or these type of men um, are poo-pooed on or like, oh, he's such a pussy. He's such a this or he's so um, he must be gay or he's so sensitive, you know, like get your act together. Like it's just it hasn't served men or women in mm-hmm. our society, the whole patriarchy, because we're not giving permission for men to have emotions because that scene is too feminine, too girly, you know, get your act together. So it, it's still, it's work in progress. We are not there yet, you know, as a society and mm-hmm. understanding who we are and stepping in to our full authentic selves and finding that balance of those energies and valuing them and being okay with wherever people are with that.
0: It's interesting because you just said something about how you reflected on your childhood of how you didn't want to wear dresses, you didn't want dolls, and then you heal. And now you're women empowered. Right. And I think this is an important thing to like draw back on is that when we want to up-level our business, when we want to heal something that is out of balance in our body, a lot of the work is going back into our story, into our history and seeing what our story was, and how it makes us feel. So that way, we can now begin to envision and dream how we want to be seen how we want to be known. So we take who we were, and how it didn't feel good, it didn't feel aligned. And then we bring it now into this is who I want to be. And that's the healing. This is why I always kind of giggle to myself when people are like, I had a polyp and now it's gone. I don't know what happened. Or you have this, like Lewis Hay, her story of cancer, right? And healing from cancer. I think sometimes when we give ourselves permission to reflect and to feel what didn't feel good and then to reframe to feel differently, we give the potential for healing to happen. You can call it miracles, you can call it magic, you can call it whatever you want. But really, you're shifting your perspective to say, I want to feel different. And I think this is why, like yourself, going from having this business and working with your husband to all of a sudden now, being where you're at, it's because you decided on your own that I want to be this, but I can't be this if I'm living my old story, if I'm I'm hearing you correctly. So you had to go back and you had to review your story.
1: It is. And it's so tied into the type of work that I teach with a uh, money mindset, because it all goes back to our beliefs, you know, like what's, because both of this, like, you know, talking about the feminine, you know, or, or even like, God forbid, you know, that there's a new way of doing work and business connected with your cycle and the cycles, you know, of life. No, 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 no. Patriarchy is it's linear. You know, it was designed for men because men were the ones that were in the workforce. But back to the the beliefs that we carry, whether it's with work, about myself, my identity, with money, with all these taboo subjects, you know, um, but you have to revisit. If you want to heal, if you want to grow, if you want to transcend, you do have to revisit those stories. And they might be painful, but the invitation is to look at those stories as an observer versus getting hooked by them again. Cause I could get all hooked by like, Oh, well, my dad did this and my parents and da, da, da. And I did go through some of that for a while. You know, it's like, it, it's so unfair that men, you know, and, but that's, I don't like going around as a victim. You know, it's like, it's more, let me analyze, let me understand. Like you were saying with Louise Hay, you know, I do believe that all our stories and our pains and our emotions get manifested in the body. And that was one of the big things that Louise Hay always said. So yes, revisit it. Why am I getting that polyp? Why am I um, not able to conceive? Why did I have this miscarriage? Why that, you know, like your body's trying to tell you something, you know, and, and that's just emotions that might've been repressed and, because you haven't been listening and you haven't been paying attention to your story. It's trying to manifest in any other way. Our bodies are so wise, you know, of just telling us what's going on. It's
0: the the bigger question is, am I listening? And, you know, sometimes it's not even that it is an actual event that has happened that you can be like, this was the moment, right? Sometimes it's this idea of, bringing ancestral stories into our makeup. so things that have are that are part of our lineage that we haven't actually lived, but we can feel the vibration of that. And this became really prominent for me in just the last honestly two months. Um, my dad passed away three months ago, and my dad and I were super close. like we uh, we we just were the same person in so many ways. And so losing him was a really big loss in my life, a really huge one. And he never, never in my life, did he never make me feel like you are a girl. So you are less than, in fact, he was my mm. biggest champion. And it always made me giggle when he was trying to tell people what I did for work. Cause he was like, well, what what, 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 words do I use? Like, <laughs> I don't know what, I'm Like, I don't know, just talk to my daughter. Right. Um, he was my biggest champion, but this aha moment happened about a month after he died. I was in my meditation and I was feeling stuck in my business I was feeling stuck with my identity. I was feeling stuck of, there's, I've been fighting for two years of working through my own visibility issues of like, how can I say what I do for work and feel anchored in it and feel proud of it versus feeling like I talk about the menstrual cycle. Like How can I like stand up and declare it versus whisper it to the world? And it's been a hard thing for me to work through. It. And I didn't know where it came from because I didn't grow up in a family that was like, you can't talk about that. Like no one ever told me I couldn't. But in this meditation after he passed, about a month after he passed, I came out of it and I was like, the eternal line that has linked me to my dad's side of the family that was very patriarchal is now gone. Like now that he's gone, I don't don't know if I'll ever spend family time with any of his side of the family because like that lineage is now dead. And so there was like this moment of going... This is my dad's final gift to me. He's now gone. There's no reason why I have to feel unsafe to be seen, right? And it wasn't because my cousins or my uncles or anybody treated me poorly. It was an energy held in that line. And now that it's been severed, a part of me feels free, which is probably why I'm like itching to rebrand again because I'm just like, this is who I am, everyone, (laughs) right? And so there's something that's awakened in me But it was me identifying with that. It wasn't my dad. It's not his family. It is some story that was carried in that family line that I've always felt. And to be honest, my grandparents were very patriarchal. So there's, but they've been gone for years. So that's not like, but that I know was ingrained in part of everyone's perspective and now I feel free from it. And so it's really beautiful that when we, When we sit with it and we give ourselves the opportunity to reflect of like, what is holding me back? Why am I not being successful? Why is it I'm not achieving my goals? Why is it that I'm just not feeling the best version of me? Sometimes it's this energetic tie. And when we give ourselves permission to visit it, then we find the answers that way we can grow. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: That's amazing that you have that awareness, you know, with your... That's passing um and how that has an effect on us. That is that's amazing, Kate, that you
0: went through that. And you know, I think the beautiful thing about it is that now every day when I wake up, it's like he gave me one last gift. His last gift with to me was to show up as I am, because he was he was the person that supported me and really amplified who I want to be, right? And so if I'm really honoring him as my father. I now have an opportunity to take this last gift and run with it. And so that's what kind of like, whether or not that's actually, but that's how I have wrote it now in my Mm -hmm. system is like, this is my gift. And now I need to do this in memory of him because I'm free. I'm free from whatever
1: ties were holding me back. Mm -hmm. So That's amazing. That's great. I love that story.
0: Are you wanting to understand your cycle better, to understand your rhythm, the language of your womb, and to really begin to connect deeper with your body? Then I invite you to go and grab my free charting journal. This is a charting journal to chart for both your physical, your emotional, and your spiritual self to deeply connect to your womb wisdom and to understand how to live more in alignment with your energy. that you can have more self-love, more compassion, and you can live your life to the fullest with so much pleasure, with so much fun, and with excitement. It is time for us to be empowered by our womb wisdom and by the language of our cycle. So hop on over to the link below in the show notes and grab your free copy of The Charting Journal today. Okay. So I want to dive in because I don't want to take you here forever. We can talk for hours, I swear. I know. (laughs) I love this conversation. Um, But I really want to know, how do you use your cycle and how have you been using your cycle to help you deepen into this idea of feminine energy in your business?
1: Yes. um, I think I've been using my cycle... And I don't know when or where I got exposed to it because I'm fascinated with it. You know, like, I love that you're doing this work. I know Northrop does this work. There's also the the red code. Like, I've been fascinated with, you know, learning about it because no one teaches this us at school, you know, and especially to girls of like how you can utilize the power of your cycle. And again, the cycles and patriarchy had been very linear and meaning patriarchy. That's what we've been given down because that made sense. It was mostly men in the workforce. So men cycle in 24 hours, women cycle in 28 days. When men cycle in 24 hours, that's why, you know, our work days are from nine to five and we do, you know, so we go through these different, um, systems that have been set up by men because it served men. When I became aware of cycles and to set up your business, according to your cycle, I was fascinated. I'm like, I have to try this. So if you look at my calendar, it says when my period comes, my period's pretty, period's pretty regu- regular. So, and I know I get pretty strong cramps. And I just, I want to be alone. I don't want to be hanging out with anyone. So I have it. I've had it on my calendar for the last two, three years. There's four or five days in red that says, period, rest. Do not book anything. (laughs) Do I honor it all the time? No, because sometimes it might overlap, but I try and pay attention to it as much as I can. And now I'm at another level of just because I understand that when, you know, like I know with my body during period time, I need introspection. I want to just veg around, lie around. I don't really want to hang out with my husband and my daughter. Like, I just, I want to be with me. Don't bother me. It's like I'm going into my cave. Um, but what's become fascinated now throughout this last year is incorporating the other parts of the cycle, you know, like ovulation, like, oh, that's the time when I'm feeling connected, you know, because sometimes I'd see myself, I d- you can tell that I do a lot of introspection and analysis of myself and who I am and how I act. And I'd be like, oh, am I an introvert or an extrovert? People that know me think that I'm an extrovert. I consider myself an introvert and maybe I'm an ambivert. Maybe I'm right in the middle. And I get this from both sides, my dad and my mom, my dad is complete extrovert out there always with people like at this, this extreme of it. My mom's at the complete opposite extreme. She's the introvert. I feel like I'm in the middle, but one coach that I had years ago, she said, you're not either. Or she's like, you know what? I think you are. She's like, I think you're a social introvert. Like you just need that time for yourself where you don't need, you don't get energized by being with people, but when you have to, you're great socially. So, um, I think this has to do with my cycle you know of understanding that because I'm like, oh could it be that maybe I'm more extroverted and social during ovulation because that's the time that you want to go out you know your body's saying go get you know you're fertile go get pregnant somewhere you know like that's the sign that your body's telling you. So I try and book all my like get togethers or coffees or networking events and stuff during ovulation as much as I can. And I try and stay away during my period with those kind of activities where I have to interact with other people because I know I'm just going to end up saying no or canceling at the last minute. So if anyone that's listening, if you have not studied your cycle, here's another one that happens to me a lot too. And I've had it with one of my close friends, her period's about to come and she goes into like deep PMS and she's starting to get like all depressed or everything bothers her about like whatever her boyfriend or other things. And, and I have to remind her, I'm like, you're entering your period, you know, I'll ask her, I'm like, Is your period coming? Or she's like, I'm two days away. I'm like, okay, don't book anything. Don't listen to yourself right now because you're not making sense, you know, and know and remind yourself that after these next five days, you will come out of it and you'll have a completely different perspective than what you have right now. And and it's funny to bounce it back and forth to each other because it'll happen to me, too. Like, I might not realize that my period's coming or I haven't looked at the calendar and I'm like, oh, that's why I'm all sensitive right now. OK, OK, let's take a pause. Let's not pay attention to it. Let's, we're going through a cycle. You know, it's like you don't want to fight it, you know, like just surrender to it, embrace it, be part of it it makes such a difference when you can align your, I mean, I'm lucky that I have a business so I can create it in that way. I mean, how awesome would it be if they honored women's cycles in the workforce and said, oh, you're during your period, you know what, work from home. It's totally fine. We won't schedule any meetings. Like how amazing would that be to give that space so that when they are done with their period, they can be 10 times more productive I mean how many of us does that happen like when you're in a different phase you know of the cycle that you're like a hundred times more productive and something that would have taken you normally 10 hours during your period takes you just one hour to do yes. so it, it I think it's fascinating I'm I'm loving that you're doing this work I think it's so needed Kate and we need more women talking about this. And understanding and explaining it to the men in our lives too, you know, so that they can, we can co-create together, you know, like, because my husband and I take turns putting my daughter to sleep. Hey, well, what if like the week of my period, um, I won't do it, you know, and I'll, I'll have more energy and more strength the following week, you know, or my week of ovulation and it gives you a break, you know, so... It's, it's all working with it. I really invite anyone listening to start paying attention to this and follow Kate and
0: see what shows up for you. Well, and we talk a lot about how to cycle sync our whole life in my, my monthly membership, the She Sisterhood. There's 13 different modules, one for each month. And We have a month on relationships and we have a month on how to parent and use your cycle. And we have one on the work woman, because I think these are so fundamental, even if we can't, even if the world out there is not ready to support us yet, how we can start to know our body so that we can choose better so that we feel more inspired. We feel more alive and we feel more rested every day of our cycle. And that comes from us knowing us and then trying to now implement it into these different arenas in our life. And part of that aha moment that I had when I was like, this is my dad's final gift to me in that meditation, which also happened during my menstruation.
1: Oh, wow. Which is supposed to be the most intuitive part of the, of the month, Go right? Into it.
0: Yes. It was like, it was crystal clear that I needed to start talking about this in corporate world and lunch and learns and in schools. And so with that big like moment, I was like, this is really where I'm going. (laughs) I created a whole nother page on my website for corporate work because I'm like, no, you know what? This is the movement. This is what I want to do is I want to start transforming how companies and how we are supporting women and how can we start to create period positivity within the workplace that actually doesn't feel so acky and so overwhelming. Yes. And you know, I was funny, I was reading this article once where someone had talked about, if this feels like really out there kind of information for you of like, how can I put this in my work world? Think of the first maternity leave that probably ever happened. It probably was not received with, yes, this is great that you get to take time off work. Well, and, and be at home. not only
1: that, Kate, like maternity leave, like that's a whole other subject. Like, and I have a couple of stories with that. Like, maternity leave here in the States is still horrible. Like, it's yeah. not supporting women in no. any way. You know, like the law says that if you're in a company with 50 employees or less, you're not even entitled to your job back if you're pregnant and then you only get in some jobs, you know, three months and it might not be full pay. It might only be 80%, you know? So these are things that we just haven't evolved as a society to support women in the workplace, you know? So I love that you're you're wanting to, you know, just Keep on going with this movement and bringing it into corporate. And we are going to do it. it. We are
0: going to change. Yes, the world. It's, it's, it is. It's, and I don't, we it's it. I don't think it's far what? out there. I don't think it's far out there. I don't think it's far out there for this change to happen. I think that people are more receptive than we give them credit for. It's going to feel ecky. There's going to be some times there's going to be pushback. But I think that it is not that far away from this being something that is becoming normalized. So
1: And it's so interesting. I have a story with my dad uh, was the general manager, CEO of Disney in Spain. And when he started the company uh, there, he's retired for many years, but he had a team and most of his team were women. And this was in the 90s. One of the women that came in when she was first pregnant, she was nervous to tell my dad. So we're talking, you know, we transition into the, and from the dictatorship into democracy in the 80s. So 10 years later, so it wasn't even that long after, she was nervous to come into my dad as, as her boss and say, I'm pregnant because she didn't know how he would react. And luckily, he reacted in a a positive way because we need men to support women like this, you know? And and that's where like what you're saying with your dad giving you that gift, yes, my dad is still very ingrained in the patriarchal, he's the most dominant, he's the man of the family, you know, all these things. But there's been great gifts too, you know, of like how he's supported me and my journey, whether it's been financially, with his own stories, his experiences. And so this woman came in and she's like, I'm pregnant. I hope this is like, how is this going to affect my job or whatever? And he was so excited for her. He's like, oh my God, this is so excited. First baby in the company or whatever. And then the next one came and in the 20 years that he ran the business there, I don't even know how many babies were born, you know, like in that time period. So it's really important for this type of movement, you know, like where we can encourage, you know, women working with their cycle, honoring it instead of shaming it in the workplace or talking about maternity leave or paternity leave that we can support it not only from the women's perspective but from the men coming in and supporting the women in their lives, you know, because you want to support your daughters, your sis- your sisters, your your, well, your moms, I don't know if the moms are still working for the men out there, but yes, we want to support it together as a collective. And the thing is, is if we
0: support, if men are supporting women, we're already creating the healing that we need in the world for men to begin to support men. This isn't just about women being women being shut out. This is also about divine masculine energy being repressed as well. So if we can create space for women to live more authentically, we can create space for men to live more authentically. And then if we're all in this space of living in our most divine energy, like our most balanced energy, then really, we're unstoppable as a society. Like this is where things are going to get healed and changed, And this is where we'll see more of that, you know, six figures in 20 hours per week and $1.2 million collectively. Like what you mentioned in your bio, those are the things that we're going to start to see more of because we're all operating from a place of complete alignment and not scarcity and not fear and not shame and not imposter syndrome. So I love that you're doing this work. And I love that you're helping women to feel more empowered through understanding divine feminine energy and, you know, starting to think about like, where am I at in my cycle and how is this going to transform things? So we're almost at the time here. I want to, uh, I want to get in one more question with you is Mm -hmm. just, what would you say is one of the key things that you coach your women on? To help them live in more alignment so that they can reach these goals that they are out there trying to achieve.
1: I think the first thing, there's a couple things. The first one is awareness. You know, like we were talking about before, like going back into your story, you you can't fix things if you're not aware. You know, like if you're at this level of consciousness and you're not aware and you want to get to the next level, you have to. Pay attention, you have to become aware of what's going on. And the second one ties in with what we were talking about uh initially with wisdom. To me, wisdom is within and it's connected with intuition and, and and an inner knowing. You know, wisdom is an inner knowing, and that intuition, so it's a big uh practice. I have the women in my groups of just connecting and listening to that because we've been conditioned and programmed. To think that the rational and the left side of our brain is more important, you know, the analytical, the rational, you know, we're presented with a situation and we're like, oh, let me analyze, let me, let me get everyone's opinion. And we ignore the intuitive and the inner knowing, or we're looking for all the answers out there, you know, like with science, oh, the doctor said this, oh, the other person said that, but what about you? What are you feeling inside? How are you connecting to that inner knowing? How are you connecting to that wisdom? How are you connecting to that intuition? Those I think are the two top things to focus on. And then the third one would be to take inspired action. When you do get that hit, you know, you're sitting in meditation or you're going for a walk or you're journaling and you're like, Oh, you know, the doctor said this, I'm not feeling that. You know, my body's feeling this, or maybe my advisors or my teacher or my coach or something suggested this thing, you know, or my mastermind colleagues, you know, in my group, you don't know, something's off. I just don't feel it. That I don't feel it is more powerful than what your doctor or your colleagues or your teacher or your, you know, um, counselor or whatever has said, and just pay attention to that and they take inspired action. You know, it's like, well, what's what's the next best step that I can take in that direction? You know, don't just sit there waiting for things to change. You have to do something to trigger, to ignite that uh, mm-hmm. that change. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that. I love that. Okay. As we end this episode, before I give all your details of how to find you, I always end each of these interviews with one question for my audience. And it's to ask you, what is this week's womb led tip? How can women live more by their womb in business?
1: It's that inner knowing what's resonated for me. You know, I was going to say intuition, but it's the wisdom that we have within us. It's just connect to that wisdom. You have the
0: answers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'll just add to that, that, you know, that's been one of my biggest struggles is leaning into that inner knowing when it pops up, because sometimes the jump is really scary, but I've also learned that every time in my life where I've jumped and just hoped the bridge would build itself, it's always caught me. It's always caught me. It does. Yeah. And so sometimes if there's that big, like, I can feel it, but I'm scared, just jump and see, because nothing is permanent. (laughs) you can quit your job because it's like, I got to do this. And then you can go back and ask for your job back a year later if it's not right. Or Mm -hmm. like the thing is, if you're living in alignment, the opportunities are always going to come. So I love that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Tanya. For anybody who wants to know more about Tanya, check out her website. It's amplifyyourabundance.com. I will put the link in the show notes that it's easy for you to find and check out her podcast, The Courage to Be. And if all this information you've been learning in the Aligned Room Aligned You podcast has been inspiring, I invite you to come join me next week on March 7th, where we're going to be diving into a free webinar all around how to demystify to inspire. This is a webinar that's going to be designed to help you deepen into your own psycho wisdom and to start to think How we can apply this outside the box, thinking to all the different arenas in our life, so that we really are feeling inspired, living our best life, and feeling so completely aligned with ourselves. To register and save your spot, click on the link in the show notes below. Are you excited about aligning to your cycle? If so, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast and like the episode if it really resonated with you. Until next time, remember, womb wisdom equals connection to self, which ultimately equals inspired living.